0: they going to want to get involved in a way that I don't want them involved, you know, in either some sort of like involuntary, you know, inpatient situation or something like that. That's always my number one fear. And I would work myself so much up so much about going and what doctors would say and how they would react. In an effort to lessen some of that, I started kind of going through this set of questions.
1: If you have a history of non-suicidal self-injury, you can probably relate to this. If you've never engaged in self-injury, then you may have never considered the anxieties related to something as seemingly simple as a routine doctor visit. It can be hard to imagine what people who are different from us go through, whether because of their race, gender, religious beliefs, or even lived experience of self-injury. In this episode, we spotlight what routine doctor visits can be like for those who self-injure or have self-injured, as well as tips on navigating those visits, whether as a treatment provider or someone with lived experience. To provide these insights, I'm joined today from right here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area by Brittany Tinsley. Welcome to the Psychology of Self-Injury podcast, a resource for parents, professionals, and people with lived experience. I'm your host, Dr. Nicholas Westers, clinical psychologist at Children's Health, associate professor at UT Southwestern Medical Center in Dallas, Texas, and chair of the Media and Communications Committee of the International Society for the Study of Self-Injury, or I-S-S-S, or simply i If you've enjoyed this podcast, please give it a five-star rating and write a positive review. This will help make it easier for others to find the podcast. Brittany Tinsley is a writer and currently serves as the community manager for Hope Writers, an online membership community for writers. Having struggled with self-injury for more than a decade, she writes candidly about her own experience to raise awareness and offer hope. Her work has been published in print and online. You can connect with her on Instagram at Brittany Tinsley Writes or on her website, BrittanyTinsley.com. Thank you, Brittany, for joining us today.
0: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here.
1: I have two ideas for our episodes, and I just use the plural episodes because I want to break this into two different episodes where we learn about your lived experience of non-suicidal self-injury and your story, hear your story and how you navigated that. But at the same time, I know you have done a lot of outreach for others with lived experience of self-injury in helping them specifically navigating self-injury during routine doctor visits You have a few questions that you ask yourself and a few tips. Can you share with us what are some of the things that you recommend based on your experiences?
0: Sure. So this came out of the fact that I have a lot of lived experience with self-injury, like you said. So I started self-injuring when I was about 15. I'm 30 now. That's 15 years worth of, you know, scars and dealing with wounds and things like that. I'm not actively self-injuring at this point, but that's something that for many, many years I was dealing with and obviously during that 15 year span, I have seen doctors. So I started asking myself some questions ahead of time because these routine doctor visits would cause so much anxiety and I would work myself so much up so much about going and what doctors would say and how they would react. So in an effort to lessen some of that, I started kind of going through this set of questions. The first question that I would ask myself before I would go to the doctor was, is this a doctor that already knows about my self-injury? You know, in the case of like a pediatrician, if you've seen them for years and years, then maybe they've already seen something or a primary care physician where you have an ongoing relationship maybe they're already aware of your self-injury. If they are, they're probably not going to react differently in this you know upcoming visit than they have in the past. and so that removes some anxiety because people typically react the same way or even less if they already are aware of the self-injury. If they don't know, then I kind of go down this multi-step process. The first question I ask myself is, is this doctor going to see the self-injury during the course of the visit naturally? So if you're going, you know, if you broke your ankle, they're probably not going to see, an orthopedist or a podiatrist or whatever is probably not going to see your self-injury. If you're going to the dermatologist for a skin check, you know, like I did recently, they're going to see scars or, you know, if you're actively engaging in self-injury wounds, whatever the case may be, So then you kind of have some decisions to make. If they're going to see those wounds naturally or scars naturally, then I ask myself, do I want to address this upfront with the doctor and kind of get ahead of it or just let the situation play out? For me personally, letting the situation play out causes a lot of anxiety and stress just because there's this unknown factor. How's the doctor going to react? Are they going to say anything? When they say something, what's the reaction going to be? There's just so many unknowns and so many possibilities that I like to kind of get ahead of it and take charge of the situation. So I will literally practice saying in the mirror before I go, I have engaged in self-injury before. You may see some scars. That's what they are. I've done therapy. I've done, you know, whatever you've done, X, Y, Z, you can fill in the blank there. And I think that when you take charge of the situation like that, it gives the doctor opportunity, an opportunity to either ask some questions as a follow up or just not have so much fear around it. I think when doctors react negatively, it's typically because it kind of catches them off guard or they're afraid or they're not exactly sure how to address it or what to do because it can be awkward. And so if I just come in and upfront say, this is the situation, this is what you're going to see. Then I think it puts them at ease to some extent. So that removes a lot of the anxiety for me, just knowing that I have a plan going in, I'm going to address it. That kind of puts me in the driver's seat of how the conversation goes and the tone on the front end. And not that it's, you know, a guaranteed successful, you know, visit. Obviously you can't guarantee that, but I think it removes a lot of the element of surprise. Like I said, I, I literally practice it in the mirror because it's hard to say those words. Still, to this day, I practice beforehand what I'm going to say just so that when the moment comes, I feel prepared. And I think preparation is the key to feeling more comfortable and less stressed about the whole visit in its entirety.
1: When you prepare, are you preparing for every single type of doctor visit just in case or just those that you think might see your scars or wounds?
0: Honestly, I typically prepare for every visit no matter what. I know it's not always likely, but I feel like then at least if in the moment I feel like, you know, this may kind of swing this way, then I've prepared ahead of time. I definitely don't prepare as much for some doctors as I do for others. If I know it's a sure thing that I prepare more, but I do kind of run through it just in case, regardless of what the doctor is or who the doctor is.
1: Have you had experiences in which your treating doctor has responded negatively?
0: I have been lucky in that I have not had a horrible reaction. I have had doctors who have for sure been startled or who have been obviously concerned in some way. I have not had a doctor who has had what I would consider to be a completely negative reaction, though. So I think I've been very fortunate in that. But honestly, I do attribute a lot of that to just the fact that I've kind of put it out there at the beginning. I mean, I think when it's just a statement of fact, it's less scary for them. And there's less of a likelihood for a negative reaction because doctors, I mean, 99% of doctors are doctors because they want to help people and care for them. And so if you are saying this is an issue, I'm aware it's an issue, I've sought help, or I'm asking you for help today, or whatever the case may be, then I think that it removes some of their knee jerk reaction that they may have otherwise.
1: I actually train our pediatricians that come through UT Southwestern Medical Center here in Dallas on how to respond to specifically their adolescent patients who self-injure or have a history of self-injury. And one thing that I comment and mention to them is that They don't intentionally or none of us intentionally, at least I would hope, try to judge our patients or try to judge those that we treat. But it can come across that way. And I know you said that sometimes maybe they'll be startled. What do you mean by startled? Because I I wonder if that might be interpreted by someone else as a negative reaction. But for you, being much more comfortable or or experienced with these doctor visits, that might come a little bit easier for you.
0: I think that theres you can tell on someone's face when they are caught off guard and any self-injury is concerning, especially for a physician whose job it is to care for you as their patient. And so I think that that kind of initial, almost imperceptible, like, oh my gosh, reaction that you can just see flit across somebody's face says a lot. And I know that it's hard, especially if you aren't aware that it's coming to not have that reaction initially, because it is startling. And and although self-injury is not uncommon, it's not every patient that comes through your door that, you know, is dealing with self-injury. And so I think that that reaction is just an initial kind of, oh my gosh, moment that's visible to the patient in that situation and can carry on. You know, there may be an audible, you know, gasp or an audible, oh my, or something like that, depending on the severity of what they're seeing. And so I think that initial reaction can read negative depending on the person.
1: I can imagine, yeah, that could be almost an inadvertent shaming response, unfortunately, but that's the kind of knee-jerk reaction. And I think as medical providers, as well as mental health providers, being able to be prepared for seeing those kinds of wounds rather than just being taken by shock, I think is one thing that I recommend to pediatricians in general is basically be prepared with these questions and being able to respond in a non-judgmental, low-key dispassionate demeanor and respectful curiosity, like Dr. Barry Walsh will often say, what are some common anxieties that people with a lived experience of self-injury might have going into their doctor visits, whether pediatrician, primary care, dermatologists, or their annual physicals, maybe?
0: I think that probably the biggest one, for me personally anyway, is, is this person going to think I'm crazy? Is this person going to think that this is a suicide attempt, or some sort of psychotic episode, or something really Severe, And not that self-injury isn't severe, but something that's, you know, life-threatening in some way, which non-suicidal self-injury typically is not, hence the name, non-suicidal self-injury. And so I think that that's always my biggest worry is if they think that, if they think this is a suicide attempt, if they think this is some sort of like psychotic break or something like that, are they going to want to get involved in a way that I don't want them involved, you know, in either some sort of like involuntary you know, inpatient situation or something like that. That's always my number one fear. Beyond that, I think it's just the fear of judgment or being on the receiving end of shame or something along those lines. It's not something that's as intense for me at this point. But at one point, it what, that in and of itself was something that was terrifying. Just this idea that somebody was going to look at me and think, wow, that girl is a mess or wow, that girl's falling apart or wow, she really needs to get her life together. Even just the idea that somebody was thinking that, even if they didn't actually verbalize it, caused a lot of anxiety for me. But I think, like, like I said, I think the biggest one is probably this, they're gonna think it's a suicide attempt, anxiety.
1: That's a fair anxiety because I know years past, there have been individuals who have been treated as if they were suicidal and there's no suicidal thoughts, not necessarily their medical doctor, but maybe their therapist or psychologist or a nurse, had sent them to the emergency room to be admitted for an inpatient psychiatric stay because they misinterpreted the behavior as suicidal. So that's a fair concern, and and I appreciate you bringing that up. You said from 15 to 30, uh, now that you're 30, you've had scars. At what point did you come to realize, hey, this is how I'm going to prepare myself for these doctor visits? Was it when you were a teenager, or is this more recent?
0: Definitely not when I was a teenager. I would say I actively was self-injuring for... 10 ish years, give or take a little bit. And probably about the time that I was really kind of getting a hold on my struggle with self injury was when I kind of came up with this scenario. So I was probably about 24, 25 ish, it's about five or six years ago, when I started asking these questions. And it really, for me, it started because I was having a lot of doctor's visits because I was having kids. And so that, that was kind of the impetus for this, because I was seeing a doctor very frequently, as you do in pregnancy, and it became a concern of mine that she would have concerns about me, you know, potentially as a parent, uh, but just, you know, concerns about me in general as a human also. And so that was kind of when I started when I created this list of questions and really started implementing it in my own life.
1: Okay, so the first question then that you ask yourself is, have I seen this doctor before and are they aware? By that point, if you have and they are aware, you have a good idea of how they're going to likely respond when they see you. Now, those experiences, when they have seen the scarring before, have any of your doctors seen them when they weren't necessarily scars?
0: I have had a couple of experiences like that, yes, where they have seen wounds that either are still open in some way or are very clearly like new, just healed wounds. Not an older scar, not something that clearly is, you know, an older issue, but something that's more of an active situation. Yeah, I have had doctors who have seen that before.
1: In what way did they respond that you found helpful in those moments?
0: Yeah, I think that the thing that was probably the most helpful um, have been doctors who have just said, would you like to tell me about that? Whether or not I came in with this list of questions and addressed it initially, I've had a couple of different doctors over the course of my life who have said, you know, I noticed some scars or I noticed some, you know, wounds, whatever the case may be. Would you like to tell me about that? And that feels very invitational and conversational. And there's still kind of a pit in your stomach that at least I get because it is an uncomfortable topic to talk about. But that feels so much better than a doctor that just kind of starts this, you know, almost Inquisition style list of questions that they are running through that feels much more aggressive in a way. Would you like to tell me about that? Feels open and then you can fill in whatever details you want to fill in. If they have follow-up questions, it gives them an opportunity to ask rather than them just going down this checklist right off the bat.
1: Do you think there are times where it is necessary to discuss even if you don't want to and then you might not be fully honest or someone might not be fully honest and say, no, I don't want to talk about this. This is not something that needs to be discussed today when in reality, the doctor might be thinking, yes, we do need to discuss this.
0: Yeah, I think that that situation definitely can and does arise. I know I've blown things off that probably needed more attention than than I you know, gave them credit for in the moment. I think it's okay for doctors to push a little bit, especially because if you're at the doctor, you're aware you're at a doctor, like it's their job to care for you. And so I think that there's a little wiggle room. I think as long as it feels compassionate and invitational, it can be confrontational, but in a way that doesn't feel judgy or shameful it's okay and i know that's a very hard like set of parameters to kind of conceptualize and it really i think comes down to how it feels and you know you're going to feel something differently than how i feel something but if you're sitting in a room together with this person who clearly is uncomfortable you know i think you can tread carefully and still ask some pointed questions and say you know i really am concerned i think if you leave like that i really am concerned that feels better to the person who is engaging in self injury than tell me about those scars if you don't tell me then fill in the blank, kind of an ultimatum situation.
1: That's a great advice for physicians, because I, my next question was going to be, what could they say to make it okay, more okay to talk about? So it sounds like you're saying that expressions of concern coupled with empathy and compassion in the way that it's said can get the person more likely to talk about it when it really is necessary to talk about without feeling judged. I think so. Now, if you have not seen this doctor, what's the next thing that you ask yourself?
0: Is this doctor going to see my scars, my wounds, whatever it is, naturally through the course of the visit? If they are, then I decide ahead of time what I want them to know. What story do I want to tell them about this? Am I currently struggling at all, or is it truly okay at this point? What can I say to make them aware of the situation as it stands in reality? Whether that's this is something I used to struggle with, I went to therapy, now it's totally fine, or I'm currently struggling, but I see a therapist or but I'm on medication or whatever fill in the blank you want to fill in there. You know, I think the more information you can give them up front, the better that they feel about it. And honestly, it feels better to be honest than it does to try and hide it yourself. And so I think that, you know, it's kind of a win win in that way.
1: What about, now this is probably pulling out the parent in you at this point. Say your kids are older and hopefully they won't experience the same things that you have, but I think this can actually parallel other topics, not necessarily self-injury, but if they're engaging in a behavior that you as their mother don't know about, but probably should and their doctor thinks that you should too. What could the doctor say that might make a teenager or your child feel more comfortable in saying, I think we need to tell your mom?
0: I think that there are a couple of different things. One of them is, I think it always feels better. And I'm going back to like my teenage self, you know, experiencing this. I think it feels better as that person to have a conversation privately with the doctor and then to bring the parent in, you know, to ask maybe mom or dad to step out of the room if they're there with their child, be able to as the doctor address the teenager on their own and say, I'm concerned, I noticed these marks, would you like to tell me about that? That gives the teenager then an opportunity to say whatever it is they're going to say. As a minor, the doctor has a responsibility to inform the parent in most cases. Then I think the doctor can say, you know, I really think that we should tell your parents about this. And chances are pretty likely that the, the teenager is not going to want that to happen. And so I don't know that there's a way really to alleviate that in its entirety, because self-injury is often very hidden. It's likely their parents don't know if their parents don't know. I can almost guarantee they're not going to want them to find out in that moment. But I think that if the doctor just expresses, like you said, that empathy and worry and concern that even as a teenager, that's something you can understand. Like This doctor is concerned. My parent would be concerned if they knew about it. And so it makes sense to bring the parent in. And I think that doctors can then have a conversation with the group and say, you know, I noticed this today. Here are some suggestions for where we can go from here. I think if the doctor doesn't force the teenager to say it themselves, that makes it easier. It's hard to say those words, especially if you're actively struggling. And so I think that if the doctor can say, you know, how would you like to address that? We need to tell your parent today. How would you like to address this? Do you want me to say it? Would you like to say it? Then that puts some control back in the hands of the person struggling and more control always. I mean, I think we all like control, right? More control always feels better. So I think that that helps in that situation.
1: Thinking about yourself when you were a teenager, actually young adult, even saying eight, let's go to school with 18 and you're getting ready for a doctor's visit. What do you wish you knew then that you know now or what advice would you give to your younger self?
0: I think I would tell myself not to be so worried, which is much easier said than done, but I think if I could tell myself, like, these doctors really are on your side, that that would have dispelled a lot of anxiety. I think it often felt like it was going to be me against a doctor, that the doctor was in some way working against me. And in most cases, that isn't true. And so I think that if I could tell myself, this is a person who went to school who trained to take care of people, this is a person who wants to take care of you and like it or not, mental health, involvement and in self-injury that all plays into the care of the person as a whole. This is a person that really does just want the best for you. That would have helped me feel better going in instead of feeling like this person's out to get me. It's just a matter of time before they do.
1: Let's go worst-case scenario here, because I I know not everyone has had the greatest experiences, unfortunately. I mean, some have maybe disclosed or their doctors have seen wounds and may have not had the best reactions. What advice would you give to those individuals who are saying and listening to this and saying, there's no way I'm going to ever disclose this to my doctor or had these bad experiences? I'm always going to feel anxious like this. What advice would you give to them?
0: okay to pose a hypothetical to a doctor, I mean, chances are pretty good at some point in your life, you're going to need medical treatment of some form, even if you're a person who doesn't like the doctor and waits until you're about to die, right to go like at some point, you're going to need to go to the doctor. And so I think that with that knowledge, if you can go before it gets to that point, so you're not in a crisis situation health wise, when it comes to it, you know, you can pose a hypothetical and say, if somebody revealed something, and you don't even have to say self injury, you could say something like and fill in the blank with whatever other hypothetical you feel is pretty equal to that, how would you react? It gives the doctor a chance to explain. You haven't technically revealed anything. They may guess at that point, but you haven't actually said, this is something I struggle with. Then you can gauge their reaction to that hypothetical and that that may remove some of the anxiety about an actual reveal. Or even if you choose never to disclose personally, Just knowing that they may see something through the course of a visit at some point in the future. I mean, I guess that's more in the case of like a primary care physician where you might have an ongoing relationship in some way. But I think that interviewing the doctor in that way, in a sense, can be helpful.
1: Can you summarize those key questions that you ask yourself in preparation for navigating doctors' visits for self injury?
0: Does the doctor already know? Is the doctor going to see evidence of self injury naturally? And if so, how do you want to approach the doctor in that situation?
1: I think these are just great questions for everyone to consider, not specifically even to non-suicidal self-injury, but any other behavior in which we engage that we might not necessarily be fully proud of or some people might feel ashamed of. Rather than avoid these visits and avoid these conversations, one thing that you have done is direct the conversation, you take the lead because you know what you want to say rather than just wait it out and wonder and anxiety with all these different possibilities that could happen or reactions that you could receive. Rather than wait for that, you take control, you go in and you provide the information without even being asked. Exactly. Is there anything else that we haven't mentioned or we haven't talked about in relationship to navigating doctor's visits when it comes to one's own self-injury, whether they're actively self-injuring or have scars?
0: I think that the biggest thing that if you're a medical professional listening to this that you can take away is that compassion is the biggest thing. People feel compassion and can tell when it's genuine. If that's the foot you lead with, that comes across. If you're somebody with lived experience or a parent of somebody with lived experience, I think just recognizing the fact that this is something that causes anxiety and that's okay helps a lot. I think that the more we try to convince ourselves we shouldn't be anxious or we're not anxious, the worse that the anxiety actually becomes. And so if we just, you know, admit to ourselves, like, this is something that causes stress, what can I do to best prepare? That's helpful.
1: And based on our conversation today, what would you recommend to parents?
0: I think that if you're a parent of a child who is self-injuring, Helping them walk through this checklist, if you're aware of the self-injury, helping them walk through the checklist could be helpful. You know, helping them prepare ahead of time. Is there anything you would like the doctor to know? What are you comfortable with me saying to the doctor? How can we address this together with the doctor is helpful. If it comes up over the course of a visit and you're caught off guard, I think that the biggest piece of advice I would have in that situation is just ask a lot of questions that are open-ended and give your child a chance to respond and accept those answers. You have plenty of time for more conversation later. In that moment is not the time to push it. And so I think that just responding with openness and willingness to hear and like I said, more compassion is really just key in that situation.
1: And you've already alluded to some tips for professionals. But based on our conversation today, what takeaways might you have for professionals, whether they're clinicians, like therapists, psychologists, physicians, and or researchers, if there's anything you'd like to add to that?
0: I think just recognizing that people who self-injure are doing it for a reason. They're not crazy. It's an unhealthy coping mechanism for sure. But there's typically a reason there. And so the reason that I self-injure may not be something that would ever drive you to self-injury. But that doesn't mean it's not valid. And I think if you keep that in mind, that helps people be more compassionate. And that helps you approach it from a more humanistic standpoint instead of just this is an issue. We've got to get on top of it right away, which doesn't feel great you know, when that's directed at you.
1: And finally, bringing it all together, you had such great advice and just counsel for those with lived experience. What would you recommend to people with lived experience of self-injury? Any key takeaways?
0: Be willing to seek help. I mean, specifically in the context of this conversation, be willing to admit to a doctor if you need help. They're there to help you. And so don't be afraid to ask them for resources or to approach them with this because it's their job to care for you. And this is part of that. And so I think that if you can be brave for 30 seconds and do it, that you might get the help that, you know, maybe you've been looking for. And if it's not something you're actively struggling with, being aware that that's a resource that you have at your disposal in the future, if it does come back up, I think is something that can be helpful for people.
1: What great advice. And we can do hard things. You can do Mm -hmm. hard things. You've done hard things. And navigating doctor's visits when there's concern, understandably, about wounds or scarring, you can have those conversations as well. Well, thank you for sharing your insights, Brittany. I really appreciate it. And I can't wait to hear your story of lived experience of self-injury and being able to understand more where this information is coming from in a future episode. So thank you. Thank you. hope you enjoyed this episode of the psychology of self-injury podcast it is not considered therapy or meant to be a replacement for therapy so if you or someone you love is in crisis and needs to talk to someone you can reach out to the crisis text line a global not-for-profit organization providing free mental health texting service through confidential crisis intervention by texting home to 741-741 if you found this podcast helpful please subscribe give us a rating and tell your friends For all things psychology, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Doc Westers. For all things self-injury, follow I-Triple-S on Facebook and Twitter at I-T-R-I-P-L-E-S. I'm Dr. Nicholas Westers. Thank you for listening to The Psychology of Self-Injury.